Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Physics Buzz podcast. Today, we've got more interviews from the APS March meeting. Specifically, I'll be chatting with this guy. Adam Stokes, um, postdoctoral fellow at Harvard University. Okay, and uh, what are you studying there? A variety of things, one of which is soft robots. So we're talking to Dr. Stokes about soft robots, and soft robots have come up before on the Physics Buzz podcast. But in case you're unfamiliar, these are robots controlled by humans, made of materials that are squishy, stretchy, or soft. So why do we need soft robots? Well, hard robots have limitations. Uh, Hard robots can't stretch or conform to weird spaces. And as a result, they have trouble performing some versatile tasks. Secondly, in order to perform many tasks, hard robots require electricity uh, and computer programming and a lot of wiring. So there are a lot of steps and a lot of things that can go wrong. So scientists are hoping that soft robots will be able to perform a wider range of tasks, uh, more versatile tasks, uh, than just hard robots. And as Dr. Stokes pointed out in his talk, Soft robots make more sense if you're looking to take inspiration from nature. Yes, yeah, so things like octopus and squid do interesting things. They can squeeze through small holes and they have these long arms which they can knurl up and so they can, they can swim or they can use them to walk on different parts of the arms and, um, and those kinds of things. So they, these are kind of adaptive, soft materials that can do a variety of different things so they can act as feet or as grippers or as, as those kinds of things so it means you can you can come up with a single design and then use it for multiple purposes tell me a little bit about this exact robot that you talked about in the press conference um yeah. and to describe it it's, i mean it looks sort of like an x and it's made of the stretchy material well, yeah so it's got so it's got four legs and um in each leg there's an actuator which is which is basically like a balloon and um it's it's got on one side of it on the bottom of it then it has a material which extends less than the the material on the top so when you inflate this then the thing becomes curved and then it has another actuator on the spine of it so you can actuate the spine and then now the legs point towards the ground and then by actuating the legs in different sequences then you can make the robot walk forwards or you can use different motions where you actuate the front legs and then the spine and then the back legs and then you can make the thing undulate. You can make it, you know, do the worm effectively, like limbo underneath pieces of glass and things like that. So, so it can walk forward quickly, but it can also get under something if yeah. it needs to that comes in its way. Yeah, or you could imagine that it would be able, you could use it to walk, which is its fastest motion on solid ground. Then if it needs to move on, say, sand or mud or something, then it could undulate on, on the mud. Mm-hmm. So it's, diff- it's adaptable for different terrains, mm-hmm. for example. That's something that's really tricky with hard robots with wheels and legs is walking on sand uh, and exactly. granular materials. Exactly. So these, these, these types of robots have an inherently low ground pressure because they're, they're distributed and they distribute the force over the feet and they have low pressures in them. So it's like using large, um, low-pressure wheels. They have a kind of distributed load over the ground. So. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Stokes and his group have also built a robot gripper that looks kind of like a starfish. Uh, It's just six little fingers sticking out from the center. 
and Stokes and his group can fill the robot with compressed air, and this naturally causes it to curl up like a hand closing around a baseball. But it stays relatively soft when it does this, so it can pick up fragile things like an egg. Uh, but the Harvard group took it one step further. Uh, in addition to picking up an egg, they also picked up a live mouse. You showed in your presentation this gripper picking up an anesthetized mouse. I mean, it's, yep. it's like a hand, and it, it holds it gently, and I'm hoping yeah, the mouse was okay. Wraps, the mouse was absolutely fine, yeah. The mouse was absolutely fine. We, we just anesthetized it for its own safety, but right. it's, the mouse was absolutely fine. And uh, was, it, was that something you had to build up to? Like, okay, I think we're ready to try this on live animals? It, well, it's something that, you know, you, you notice when you work with these types of grippers that they are, they are really soft and stretchy and that kind of thing. So it's nothing that we ever really worried about because, you know, you can tell just by playing with them that that kind of thing would be absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. so, and there's no... And there's no capacity for it to go wrong it's not like you can have a computer malfunction and something bad happens you know it, it's again part of the design of the things that, right. of the grippers that they do that so why are we only just now uh, exploring soft robots i think it's um i think it's a materials problem that we have a whole range of new materials that are available now that can do interesting things that materials of the past couldn't do so we have things like elastomers that can stretch to like 900% of their original uh, length. And it's things like that that are kind of motivating some of, this, some of this move towards soft materials. What would you say your group and your research is really uh, innovating or, or pushing? So, I mean, we, we're innovating soft robots uh, by a range of different methods, materials innovations, um, you know, it's a, it's a very new field. You know, our, our publication on the gripper was, you know, the first publication on soft robots that are pneumatically actuated that do gripping type applications. Pneumatically actuated, meaning not mechanically? Me meaning that they actuate by uh, using compressed gas. We put compressed gas into the, into the actuators and then they, they bend because of the compressed gas. Um, and, you know, this whole idea of using these pneumatic actuators to do things like walking and uh, undulating and that kind of thing that's really not been done before so it's kind of really it's really the start of the field this so we're just kind of at the we're at the outset of this at the moment so we're doing things at the moment um, like characterizing materials and starting to understand the ways that we can actuate um, these types of robots with pneumatics and and that kind of thing and um you know, the next stage will be towards the, the control and the sensing and making these things do stuff that's useful or interesting. So. Mm -hmm. And finally, I wanted to ask Dr. Stokes about how he got into soft robots and what he hoped to see come out of the field in the next decade. So my, my background isn't in robotics or in materials. I, I have degrees in electrical engineering and biology and chemistry. But, uh -huh. um, I've, I, you know... This work that I'm doing in my postdoc is kind of the first time that I've started to work on these kinds of things. Um, but our group is diverse. We have, we have mm -hmm. chemists and biologists and engineers and physicists and people from a range of different backgrounds, and we all kind of work together on, on the same kind of problems. So. so how did you get into this work then? Um, it's, it's, it was work that was funded in the group when I started. Um, it's part of an ongoing DARPA project. And... Um, 
yeah, it's, it was it was an opportunity that was there, so I decided to get into it. So, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's kind of a, a fun example if we have undergrads out there who are maybe studying um, these these general subjects to know that they can they can apply their knowledge to something really exciting like this. Well, absolutely, and also it's also kind of the idea that you have no idea where your degree or your job will take you. When I was doing my undergraduate degree, I was working on process control and semiconductor engineering. And I had no idea that I would end up working on chemistry and biology and these things I did during my PhD and then move on to working on robots and all the other strange things that I work on now. So I think there's a range of applications. You know, anything in which you need need things to be soft, you need things to be compliant, um, you know, human robot interfaces would be would benefit from things that you know have this kind of characteristic that they are soft and that they are compliant and um, I think it's too soon to, to talk about specific applications but I think it's part of the excitement in the field that you can use your imagination and you can think of lots of different things that you could apply this this kind of approaches to. I'm Calla Cofield reporting from the APS March meeting. You've been listening to the Physics Buzz podcast. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz.